it's Kim. Just a quick note before we get started. Somehow, while recording this episode, the audio for Zaz's end of the conversation became a little distorted. It sounds fine, but just not like the voice you've come to know and love. We decided we liked this episode enough not to re-record and hope you'll stick with us. It's fixed in the next episode. And now, on to Dawson's Darlings. Let's do it. Season one, episode four of Dawson's Creek, Discovery. Let's get into it, gang. Uh, first aired on February 10th, 1998. The Netflix summary says, After videotaping Tamara's sexual encounter with an unknown partner and learning of his mom's infidelity, Dawson discovers the truth about Jen's past. Yeah, so this was like a very heavy episode. What is it? Episode four. We're getting into the heavy lifting now, especially for Dawson, as much as I don't want to admit. But he had like a lot of emotional issues to deal with this episode. I almost felt bad for him. But then I was like, it's Dawson. He sucks. But he had some nice moments in the episode, which we'll get into. Some surprising turns for him. Yeah, as, for sure. Because he's been so kind of like needy and self-centered for the last three episodes. Mm-hmm. Some of these scenes, I was genuinely surprised to see that he uh, was that was not the case. So let's get into it. We open on Dawson watching a scene from it's a scene just straight out of the pilot episode. Like they just used the footage from the pilot episode and it's Jen's intro to the show, which is supposed to be from his movie. Uh, but then it also made me think, like, if it's really from his movie, where did he get this footage? And should we be worried about Dawson? Like, Should someone call the police? Someone might have to call the police. The first thing I thought of when I saw the footage was that this was the <laughs> intro to the show. And I was like, but why is it so little? And I'm watching it on a TV screen. So that threw me off Mm -hmm. because it was so clearly Mm -hmm. the intro to Dawson's Creek, the TV series. And then we realize that it's his Love Actually moment where he's just watching footage of Jen walking around in slow motion with like the sun beating down on her hair. It is a Love Actually moment. Yeah, it is. It's mad creepy. Yeah. You know, I feel like we're supposed to think that... I think that this is just how we've gotten like so fucked up. Maybe it's because we're supposed to think that these things are romantic. Like that whole storyline in Love Actually is supposed to be romantic. Like, look, he loves her so much at, at the video at the wedding. He he can only videotape her, but it's not. That's not romantic. That is super creepy. Super stalker. Yes, I 100 percent agree. That storyline in Love Actually mm-hmm. makes me cringe every time. Tune in for our Love Actually sidebar podcast called Love (laughs) Not Actually. It's creepy. Love, comma, actually creepy. (laughs) Yes, that's the best title. Because it's not. And when he shows up at her door with the note cards, like, no, 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 no. But also, up until I would say three years ago, I'd be like, oh, he just loves her so much. What's wrong with me? Who hurt me? Who did hurt you? Three years ago, I was, I guess, much less of a cynic because now I'm in my 30s and uh, that's not cool. But it gets romanticized every year. Anyway, back to Dawson. Anyway, back to Dawson. Uh, Dawson calls Jen's, Jen perfect and Joy pushes back saying, quote, a face like that leaves nothing to the imagination. So obviously we're building up to the idea that Jen's past is going to be revealed. And so this is meant to be a scene that you'll kind of look back on and be like, wow, they they really... This caught them by surprise, but I I don't understand what that means. A face like that leaves nothing to the imagination. I really don't get it. Neither do I, because it's like a face and it's, well, not anymore, but it's 
usually not hidden, like, you know, say someone's body, the face, you see it all. And you know what? I think that Joey's just keeping him grounded here. I don't think that she's doing anything wrong. She's not wrong in what she's saying. Yeah, I liked it. Dawson needs to be pulled back to Earth every once in a while. Every once in a while? Yeah. Well, you know, I was trying to give him... So I was trying to give him one. I shit on him every single episode. <laughs> you do. <laughs> I like it. Um, Joey paints a very lovely future for Jen in the cold open. Says that she's going to her above average SAT scores will get her into a liberal liberal arts college in New England. She'll major in art history, then move back to Manhattan where she'll meet a bond trader uh, on a lovely Saturday afternoon. And then they'll move to the suburbs, refurbish an old farmhouse and raise three kids. Good for Jen. Sounds amazing. Yeah. I'm kind of jealous of Jen's fake life. Yeah. Like, can I do that or is it too late for me? Let me refurbish a barn real quick. Um, Dawson's looking for an anniversary gift for his parents. And Joey's like, dude, I, I don't know, like a time machine to make your mom not be sleeping with Softy Bob. What do I, I don't know what to suggest here. I know. I know. Poor Joey knows too much. Uh, and that's when we see what Dawson caught on camera in the last episode. Oh, baby. We're getting right into it. Right out the gate. We're getting into the Miss Jacobs on tape. And mm-hmm. I, f- I found it very funny that they didn't immediately recognize a teacher in their school. Yeah. <laughs> There's a full on picture of her face on this video. And you're just like, mm-hmm. who in the world? And I loved the moment where they both kind of like looked at each other and they were like, Miss Jacobs. It was so 90s. No, it's so good. It was so heartfelt and like warm. It made me feel so fuzzy. Oh, I love that. I watched the opening credits on accident because I couldn't skip them for some reason. Me either. Oh, really? Oh, God. Yeah. Look Look how great we are. So cute. I this is the first time I've watched the opening credits in years. That seems like a lovely day. Everyone looks like they're having so much fun. It just seems like they're so happy. I bet that was mm-hmm. a great day. Yeah, they all look their best. The sun yeah. was shining. So then we're in Act One. At the Ice House, Dawson and Joey tell Jen and Pacey that they have the tape of Miss Jacobs having sex. Uh, Pacey's obviously worried and asks if he can see who the guy is. Dawson says no. So uh, Pacey very aggressively wants to see the tape because we know and Pacey knows who's on the tape, but right now nobody else knows. So everyone says, everyone assumes that it's because he's really jealous. Uh, Joey has moved on here from walk the dog to flog the bishop. Joey, no one says that. No one said it then. No one says it now. And why are we still talking about jerking off? Like it's, it's becoming an issue for you. Dawson walks Jen home and then tries to kiss her, but stops because Grams is watching from the window. <laughs> Uh, also, Grams is back. I missed Grams. We didn't see her for a little bit, and I missed her a whole lot. Yeah, I did too. I mean, the ultimate <laughs> cock block. Also, I have to point out, because I wrote this down, Dawson in this scene where they were walking home has the audacity to complain that Pacey is the one who's talking a lot. First of all, Pacey's sitting there having this like mini panic attack because he's about to get outed that he's having a an affair with a woman who is 20 years older than him. And Dawson has the audacity to be like, he talks a lot. I'm like, bish, your self-awareness level is zero. Also, (laughs) Jen was like, well, you know, normally people who talk about it a lot are really bad at sex. And Dawson was like, I don't talk about it at all. First of all, it's been made very clear that you're a virgin. So what do you, what would you talk about? Second of all, it's all you talk about, sir. 
Jen almost leaves without giving Dawson a kiss, but then comes back and they mack under Graham's shocked gaze. Graham's face in the window was great. They're so bad. Jen, you're such a rebel. <laughs> when they get into the house, Jen tells Graham, so it was only a kiss. And again, we get this kind of vague look at Jen's cardiothoracic New York life. Not really sure what, what it was, what happened in the past. But Graham says that a lot of trouble started after, quote, only a kiss. Um, Jen is very aware why her parents sent her to live with Graham's, which I'm starting to think possibly doesn't have anything to do with Grandpa. Yeah, I mean, he seems to be a real non-issue here. Jen tells Grams that this time it really was only a kiss. So sorry about it, Dawson. It's just a kiss. Yeah, but you know, Dawson's only after one thing. And it's becoming the next great Steven Spielberg, Grams. Trust me. This nerd is not going to make a move on me unless I'm dressed as E.T. (laughs) (laughs) So don't you worry, Grams. (laughs) Oh, my God. What a picture of Michelle Williams dressed as E.T. She'd be so adorable yeah. as an E.T. Oh, she really would. Good for She really can't. I, I feel like she could kind of pull off anything, you know? Oh, my God. Yeah, she's so adorable. Uh, Mr. Manmeat and Mrs. Screek talk about how she's never noticed a scar under his chin because Mrs. Screek is having an affair with Softy Bob. And sometimes when you're having an affair with Softy Bob, you forget about your husband's scar. Yeah, this is a weird tidbit to me because like. I don't know. Why are they bringing it up? And he's like, why don't you see it in the daylight for once? Which I'm like, why wouldn't she be seeing it in the daylight? I guess the idea is that she's always at work lately, but she's obviously not at work. She's having an affair, which I don't know. I feel like they should. He should kind of have an idea that she's having an affair by her work hours changing like that. Yeah. Yeah. I would like to think that Mr. Man Meat isn't as oblivious as we're making him out to be but as you know but i do not maybe he does know but we don't know yet can't say dawson leaves them to their foreplay and then heads into his room where he finds pacey going through his tapes anybody can go into dawson's room the door doesn't matter there is no door the window's never closed and pacey like everyone knows the first rule of having an illegal and very wrong affair with a teacher in your school is to not act like a lunatic about it. Yes. He's in there sweating. Look over these tapes. So when he's looking through the tapes, there's like regular tapes. And then there are a few real movies mixed in as well. One of them is the craft and it's featured like semi prominently. That was the one title that I was able to pretty quickly pick up. The craft came out two years before the show started airing. So then I was like, maybe there's something about the craft kind of like how, all of the I know what you did last summer posters are all over Cape Side High. So I looked into this. I used a cross-reference feature on IMDb to see what crew worked on both. If it was like a writer or something like that. Oh, I didn't know that that was a thing. It is a thing. And it popped up a couple different singers and one crew member from the sound department. So I got so excited. Oh, my God. <laughs> tell me. Tell me it is. Dan Giannatasio. Oh my god! No, it's not. No, the it's not. Operator. I'm so glad you looked up the boom operator. It's so. It's a foley artist. It's a foley artist. But I was so excited because I thought, like, oh, I got to go watch the craft now because I got to see those booms in the craft and see if they ended up on feature films. But yeah. But you looked up the boom op. This was the episode I finally looked up the boom operator because I didn't notice a boom in this episode for the first time. 
Same. I thought maybe I just missed him. I didn't. And then I looked it up and this guy, Dan, who was the boom operator until 2003 and has had a very long and like very respectable Hmm. career, even still, because he's a pretty young guy. Yeah. And I felt bad. I was like, sorry, my, my man, Dan, Dan, my man, you're doing a great job, buddy. We would love to have you on the show. We would love to have him on the show. <laughs> yeah, sure. Let's talk to him. I think we owe him a little bit of an apology. I think the scene might be the first time that we've really seen Dawson and Pacey sit down and have like a little heart to heart talk. Which is kind of nice to see that. Yeah. And it's about time. Like, aren't these guys supposed to be best friends? Yeah. Dawson's been busy. Pacey's been busy. They're busy with their lady troubles. Right. Dawson doesn't really care about anybody other than himself. So that takes up some time. It does. And Pacey comes clean on this affair with uh, Tamara mighty fast. Yeah, immediately. (laughs) Waste no time. Like, remind me never to tell Pacey anything because they were like, we have this tape and we don't know who the guy is. So I guess we'll never know. And he's like, it's me. And it's like, dude. You could have gotten away with it. You didn't have to say anything. And then he kind of like goes on this rant where he's like worried that this video is going to ruin his life. I'm like, I'm obviously Miss Jacobs is wrong. She's not doing something good. She's, you know, going to probably get locked up for life. But it's not going to ruin your life, Pacey. First of all, you're 15. Mm-hmm. This It's going to ruin this woman's life career her plans to ever go within 50 feet of a playground again. And he's like, and also it's on tape. And I'll, maybe it's just because I watched re- Euphoria recently. I'm like, dude, that's a very 1998 worry. Like everyone's going to do it on tape at some point. This is 10 years from now. This guy's sending dick pics. Yeah. Don't worry, Pace. This is not going to ruin your life. First of all, you're a white man. You'll be fine. <laughs> You will be forgiven for sure. And also, you're you're a victim here. Yeah, so like you can chill out. You just confess to this huge thing. Remind me to never tell you a secret. You'll be okay. This is one of the first times that when I said Dawson kind of um, reacted differently to a few things than I expected him to. This is probably one of the first times that his reaction really surprised me because he it's a really nice moment for his character. He constantly is looking for drama. This is absolutely the most dramatic thing that's ever happened up to this point, not in this episode, but more dramatic things will happen later. But in his little Mm -hmm. capeside world, this is the most dramatic thing that's ever happened. And he's like very calm about it. Very. uh, He's trying to be a nice friend. There's a weird moment where uh, Pacey asks him Mm -hmm. if he looked good having sex on camera, which is like so, so weird, but also... He's so nice to Pacey and Pace is so vulnerable when he asks that it is a weird moment, but also didn't come across as weird as it absolutely is, you know? Yeah, I agree with everything you said. It's that moment where Pacey asks, it's like a little endearing, even though you're like questioning if you should even think that while you're watching. And yeah, Dawson is being a surprisingly good friend. Man, I really hate Dawson. I just cannot give him a compliment I can't. He's surprisingly being a good friend here. No, but he is. He's like trying to calm him down. Maybe Dawson's freaking out. He's like, I didn't ask to know about this. I don't want to know. I wish I didn't. Do I have to alert the authorities? Pick out my best vest, my court vest. (laughs) I got an iron 
something. Got to pick out a tie. I got a lot on my plate already, Pace. Now I got a, like 20 more things on my to-do list because of you. You wait until Act 3, Pacey. I'm going to really be busy. In Act 2, uh, Dawson and Joey shop for Dawson's parents' anniversary gift. Uh, Dawson says he's jealous of his parents' sex-, sex life, and Joey says she doesn't think he'll get anywhere unless he, quote, offs the wicked grandmother. Come on, Joey. Be nice to Grams. You're both... You both want the same thing, which is for Jen and Dawson to not be together. Like, team up, work together, achieve your dreams together, you know? Yes. Why don't you, instead of climbing into Dawson's window uninvited, knock on Grams's door and be like, listen, I got you. Let's figure this out. I don't want Dawson going anywhere near Jen's special place either. So let's, let's work together. That's all she had to do. Instead, she wants to do murder. Uh, Dawson looks across from this very weird store that sells angel statues, wind chimes, and I guess suits, and sees Mrs. Screek and Softbee Bob. This bitch. Oh, God. Mrs. Screek has to be the dumbest person alive. She's having this affair out loud everywhere. Like, you deserve to get caught, bitch. I love in the scene. So Gail introduces Bob to Dawson for the first time. And to Joey, Joey's there as well. And Joey just stares daggers at Gail and at Bob. And I'm, I love it. I'm very here for her daggers. Yeah, yeah, me too. I mean, she's, she mean mugs. Yeah. And it's good. Yeah. She's a good mean mugger. Like, I would want her in my corner if I ever, like, ran into an ex-boyfriend or something. Yes. And his new girlfriend. I would want Joey just there to make them uncomfortable. Well, I panicked. I'm just kidding. I wouldn't panic. Look at me. You're 30, flirty, and thriving. I am not 34. I said 30, flirty, and thriving. I just got really offended that you thought I was 34. <laughs> I don't think you're 34. Thank you. For, the re- for anyone who needs to, who is questioning, for all of our listeners, I'm a mere 32, so. Uh-oh. God. 34 is in my rearview mirror. I'm like struggling to remember 34. Grams is going to outlive us all. Uh, Speaking of Grams, back with Grams, Jen is headed out to go see Dawson. Jen tries to have an honest talk with Grams about her feelings and just kind of about everything, which I I have to say, you really do have to hand it to Grams here because she here she is. Jen has a troubled past that perhaps has nothing to do with being a cardiothoracic surgeon. Maybe. Who knows? We'll see, I guess. That hasn't been... Actually, that actually hasn't been clarified, so it's possible. It still. is possible. <laughs> um, she now is tasked with taking care of her husband, her ailing husband, as well as her wayward granddaughter. Jen's out. Now she's dating this boy next door that she Grams doesn't like. She doesn't like any of this. But she still lets her do it. Yeah, I mean, she's not imprisoning her. Jen's kissing Dawson out on the front lawn in front of Grams and... Grams is, she's just doing the best she can. Yeah, I like that. I like Grams doing that. She's giving her a lot of freedom. More than she deserves. For sure. Jen takes Grams' advice to not move too fast, all wrong because teenagers. Uh, And even with a little snarky attitude, Grams still lets Jen go see Dawson. My mom would never. If I gave an attitude like that, no. I'm going home. No, yeah, I would be banished to my room probably. My parents didn't really discipline me that much, but... I would deal with the repercussions in a much more like petty, aggressive way later on. Like no door? Like my mom would like cook meatloaf. (laughs) 
She would cook me meatloaf instead of like a, something I actually enjoyed, you know, for dinner. That's hilarious. I don't think I've ever had meatloaf. Oh, my mom actually makes a pretty decent meatloaf. Like that your mom's punishment is to make you a meal that is actually pretty decent. <laughs> it's, pretty, it's pretty okay. Outside the video store, Tamara is working on a nice little sidewalk cafe. And the scene just really bummed me out. I want to go. Remember when you would just like go work somewhere, get a little iced tea, maybe a scone while you do some work outside? Yeah. I used to always be like, no, I can't do any writing at home. I have to go to a cafe. And then the universe was like, LOL, take this, bitch. Pacey and Tamara have really foolishly stepped into this relationship thing as Pacey tries to convince the teacher he's sleeping with to include a few blue novels, which I tried to look up. Um, blue novels is not a, a common phrase like blue books, um, but blue comedians is a common thing. You know, like a dirty comedian. So I tried to look up where this phrase comes from, thinking it must come from somewhere and really had a lot of trouble with it. So if somebody out there is listening and is like, I know exactly where this comes from, please tell us because I tried to look it up. But I think it goes back to like the 1800s. Very deep reference in Dawson's Creek. Earlier in the episode, Joey says when they're watching, when they first see the Tamara tape, the sex tape. Joey tells Dawson, I didn't expect you to enter a Russ Meyer phase. Also a very deep cut because Russ Meyer, uh, also called the King of Nudies, which is a very cool nickname. That was my nickname in high school. Um, he was a writer, director, producer, editor, DP, and often distributor for softcore films. And an overachiever. Yeah. God, we get it. Congratulations. Pacey opines about how all the books they read in high school or read in high school have sex as a cautionary tale, but he wants to read a book where people just have sex and everything works out fine. And then he reaches across the table and tries to hold Tamara's hand, which is, what are you guys doing? What are you even doing? I don't know who I'm more mad at. Mrs. Leary having this affair, like just so blatantly out in the open or Pacey and Tamara holding hands at a public cafe, trying to like, justify this really crazy relationship they're wanting to have. I don't understand how those two are not better friends, Tamara and Kale, because they're just like uh, little, little idiots. Two little idiots. <laughs> Look at these two little idiots trying to ruin their own lives. Good on them. Yeah, you little scamp. Uh, back in Dawson's room, Dawson and Jen are watching a scene from his movie, and then he invites her to go with him to his mom's studio the next day. And much to his surprise, she says yes. Uh, Jen asks why he's always surprised when she wants to spend time with him. And I, I think we're all surprised when Jen wants to spend time with him. Yeah, maybe because Jen is a 10 and Dawson is a three at best all around. I don't know. No offense to James Vanderbeek. He's a very adorable kid or guy. <laughs> James Vanderbeek is much older than me. Yeah, he's a man with like a, a brood of children. Is that right? Brood? I don't know. I don't think so. <laughs> I don't think so either. A lot. <laughs> I got I to gotta say, I usually support you in all things, but I don't know if that was the right word. In, in this moment, the support I need is you telling me I was wrong and I needed that. So thank you. I could I could be wrong. I don't know. Anyway, so yes, we're all wondering why Jen is hanging out with Dawson, basically, including Dawson. It's the only time that you've been on Dawson's side. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, no, I agree with you, Dawson. I don't know why she's hanging out with you either. Doesn't make any fucking sense. Like, has she seen Pacey? <laughs> 
Dawson and Jen start to kiss and then Dawson wants to take it further, but Jen stops him. Really, uh, like, the move that he puts on Jen to get her to lay down onto the bed is very awkward. Yeah, but, like, can't you relate? Like, is that that is every single high school moment. I guess we have to lay down. Let's try it. Eh, and then it just gets weird. Dawson, because Dawson is Dawson, his foreplay, I guess, is to tell Jen that when Two people on old movies or TV shows were in bed. The censors used to require them to have at least one foot on the ground. Do you know about this? It sounds vaguely familiar, but not really. I looked this up and it was fascinating. And I actually want to spend a little bit more time looking into this because what I read was really interesting. So this is a real rule that started around 1934. And it's it's not just this rule. It's a whole era of Hollywood history uh, called the code era and the pre-code era that basically tried to cleanse Hollywood of anything that this one specific group deemed to be morally questionable that ended around the like mid forties or so. But it's, it's everything from like the way that you can show a flag on camera to sex, profanity, all that kind of stuff. And it's not even what you show on camera. It it goes even further and uh, restricted what you could imply. That's so fucked up. I do remember learning at a pretty young age that um, in I Love Lucy, they were the first TV couple to be seen in the same bed. In early episodes, they had separate twin beds, which, aw. And then eventually, a couple seasons in, they have one big bed. Maybe they just scooted them together because they loved each other so much. But yeah, that was like a big deal to show a married couple sleeping in the same bed, which is so odd. Yeah, like you guys didn't have a bigger pro- bigger fistify. You were coming out of a world war. Like get over it. You were in the Korean War. Like there are other things to worry about than Lucy and Ricky and their adorable little relationship even though they got divorced later, sleeping in the same bed. Like don't you have some people to accuse of being communists? Uh anyway, doesn't Jen go to his mom's studio for Jen to lay down some terrible ADR. This is either terrible ADR or maybe the best acting that Michelle Williams has ever done. Probably terrible ADR. And again, wait, can we go through any episode without completely shitting on the Dawson's Creek sound department? <laughs> like, <I'm, laughs> no. Clearly no. no. Go on about the terrible ADR. What's up, ADR or artist? AD artist? Are they not called that? They should be. I think they're just ADR artists. Now, let's get 80 artists working in there. We should know this. It's a sound mixer, but I want it to be 80 artists. Um, afterwards, they get a Diet Pepsi from the soda machine. Some very solid product placement. And also like a real throw. What's the last time you had a Diet Pepsi? I'm a Coke gal. So Diet Pepsi, like probably the 90s, probably when this show came out. Me too. I think that's how long it's been because I drank Diet Pepsi when I was a little kid and then drank Diet Coke when I moved to L.A. and everybody else in L.A. drank Diet Coke. Yeah, I haven't seen a can of Diet Pepsi in years. Diet Pepsi is the meatloaf of soda. Not quite a punishment, but still feels like a punishment. Yeah, it's like it's a shame yeah. for you, you know? Yeah, like a bummer. Sucks to be you, Diet Pepsi. And purchase, purchasing that soda is the last thing in Dawson's childhood that he will ever do. Because he hands Jen the soda and then looks across the newsroom and there's Mrs. Screek and Soft B. Bob making out. These idiots. Fucking tonsil hockeying. I want to be so clear that they were in a room with a closed door 
opened the door, walked out into the public hallway, then kissed at work. Yes, at work. So much is wrong with this scenario. Yeah. Just so much. That's all I have to say. And poor, you know what? Poor Dawson. I'll give him this. He's dealing with a lot of heavy shit this episode. His acquaintance, Pacey, a.k.a. best friend, his acquaintance, Pacey, admits to having an affair with a teacher. He's witnessing his mother having an affair. That's a lot of heavy shit for a 15-year-old. Yeah. And he's going to have to take on one more element soon. So this is the... Right now, he's as bad as he thinks it'll be and not as bad as it's going to be. So a real bummer for him. Um, Afterwards, Dawson sits mute on the bench and Jen tells him that if he wants to talk, he really wants to be that person for her. Which is very sweet and mature. Yeah, she's really honest about like, listen, we really don't know each other. And the conversations that we've had have been kind of surface, but I want to be this person for you. They're dating, presumably dating. They're kissing. In true Dawson form, he doesn't even acknowledge what she's saying to him which for the record if i were her that would piss me off right (laughs) yeah i would get real petty real fast i'd be like oh our words coming out of my mouth oh so you can hear me okay cool it's really fun to be married to me in case anyone is wondering (laughs) i believe it i believe it what is the timeline between when they saw this kiss and when this moment that we're seeing yeah could have been hours days even uh, and on the note that Jen wants to be Dawson's person that he talks to, he goes right on over to Joey, knocks on her door. And um, Dawson tells Joey that he wants to tell his dad. Joey says that that's not a not a great idea. And Dawson asks if uh, she thinks that people know and says, we didn't know. We didn't know. Which I, I was thinking when I watched this, that Dawson thinks that he and Joey are a team. Obviously, he's a simpleton and uh, he doesn't see how much there is to it. But he tells Joey everything, arguably too much. I I don't think that he can really wrap his mind around the idea that Joey is not doing the same thing. It feels very much when he says we didn't just like a fact, like if if I didn't know, then you didn't know, because if you knew, you would have told me. Yes, because Dawson, as we've learned in just three short episodes, has incredibly unrealistic expectations for his friendships. I do have to say that um, Dawson, again, surprises me in this scene, too, because obviously like he's having a measured reaction to what he's seen, a normal reaction. And Joey is Joey doesn't lie to him, but she's not super quick to say I knew. But Dawson says, well, we didn't know. And Joey's reaction is like, oh, well, fuck. And Dawson surprisingly picks up on it very quickly. Yeah. Well, I mean, we only have so much time in a one hour episode. Yeah, that's okay. That's fair. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. I mean, he ought to. It's his best friend. And he's like really putting her on the spot with the whole we thing. And if she's not going to lie to him, then there it is out in the damn open. But would you tell him if you if you were in that situation? I don't know. I think I would. I don't know. This is a tricky thing. I was just thinking that I was looking at it with my own um, 34 and up eyes thinking. (laughs) 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 Um, I think that I would tell my best friends of that i think i don't actually know but then i was thinking they're 15 there's not like a lot of life experience to go on for them and then i was thinking that in joey's experience her dad cheated on her mom and then her mom got cancer and died 
So I think that Joey has a lot to unpack and her not telling Dawson has nothing to do with Dawson. Yeah, it's tricky. It's it's a lot to unpack, like you said, for a 15 year old. But I'm not mad at Joey for not telling him. And I'm not mad at Dawson for being mad at her for not telling him. I'm kind of like a very, very happy to be on the sidelines of this whole dramatic thing. (laughs) You know, I want to watch it unfold, but I don't want to be a part of it. Happy to be a Pacey. Kind of like my own parents' divorce. Yeah, same. (laughs) Very happy to be a Pacey in this scenario, an acquaintance. What do you think that you would do? I don't know. I mean, it's hard, like you said, to have the perspective of someone who is a little bit older. I feel like if I was a teenager, I would have said something because you don't realize the weight mm-hmm. of something like that mm-hmm. when you put it on to someone else. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, you're right. I, I think I feel the same way, which is not mad at Joey, not mad at Dawson. But like, give me the popcorn and I'm here for it. For sure. Big time. <laughs> uh, Dawson leaves making it seem like he never wants to talk to her again he literally tells her have a nice yes. life so dramatic I was fine with him and this moment I was like okay now I'm more on Joey's side again <laughs> come on dude yeah he's all like puffing his chest like have a nice life and I'm like okay but goodbye if I was Joey I'd be like fucking finally dude <laughs> <laughs> I've been trying to make this happen for a minute um, and then at the video store, Pacey sees Tamara and Benji having lunch together at the cafe. They're sitting at the same side of a very small table, which I guess you need to be able to get this shot of the two of them together to see their faces. But it looks very uncomfortable. I hope they didn't share a meal like that. Yeah, I was a server for many years, and I will guarantee you that if you're sitting on the same side of the booth as your significant other in a restaurant, the wait staff is making fun of you in the back. At home, Dawson talks to his mom. Gail says she thought Dawson was going to stop by and say hi at the station, uh, which makes everything even worse. Because I thought for a second that maybe Gail forgot that her teenage son with eyes was coming to the station. Yeah. Her teenage son, who is not blind, was going to come by. And she, with this information, was like, you know what? I'll steal one little kiss. What are the odds he'll come by at this exact moment when we are here in the open? Um, Gail says Dawson looks like something's bothering her and guesses that one of the many women in his life has his head spinning around. So at least she is right about one thing. That's true. Running out of women to talk to, he goes to Dawson goes to Jen's where Grams answers the door. Dawson tells Grams that he knows she doesn't like him and thinks he's just a sex crazed teenager who wants to corrupt Jen. One of those things is true. He's not going to corrupt Jen, but he is a sex crazed teenager. So don't try and bring your bullshit to Grams. Grams doesn't want to hear it, Dawson. She didn't ask for this. She doesn't even want to hear the word sex come out of your mouth. And neither do I, quite frankly. I love that Grams is just so thoroughly unimpressed by Dawson. Like, she's the only person in this town that that sees him. Yeah, for sure. Jen lets Dawson vent as they walk through the ruins, which the ruins are, it's a very pretty location, but I think I wish they would have waited just an episode before like between making a meal out of the fact that you're not allowed to be in the ruins and then immediately the next episode you can just casually walk around the ruins anytime you want we'll be there twice this episode yeah it's like anytime a tv show introduces a child yeah and then like you never see the child ever again in that series and you're just like oh okay i guess they're just like around but we're not following them at all um dawson says he wants things to work out with jen and doesn't want them to have any secrets Mm -hmm. jen's like okay well here just so you know 
Uh, I'm from New York. <laughs> I've had a, a New York past. <laughs> we knew this. I'm from the tri-state area. Um, I'm not a cardiothoracic surgeon. I think I haven't confirmed. I have not confirmed or denied. I could still be a cardiothoracic surgeon. But just so you know, I am a, not a virgin. I lied about that. What? And didn't just have sex with my boyfriend. Had sex with multiple guys. I don't know why I decided to deliver this information as Jen instead of saying these are the things that Jen said to Dawson. <laughs> it felt like... Yeah. You took on her personality, which is fine. It's not at all alarming. Um, when this scene came up, I was like, yes, I'm into hearing Jen's secret. Let's get into it. And like the secret's really just like, I've had sex. And I guess in 1998, that was scandalous but i was like okay is that it yeah i think we're led to believe here that there is more to it than that but it's not that like this big reveal is not that big of a reveal for what it is no i guess for the time it must have been but like also it wasn't jen didn't have any obligation to tell dawson this anyway yeah she he asked for it. He specifically said, I want us to be honest with each other. And she was like, all right, well, I can get it in then. <laughs> and then when we come out of the scene, a very angsty song plays. And I looked at I shazammed it. And it is Toad the Wet Sprocket, Kevin Williamson's favorite band. He loves Toad the Wet Sprocket. He does. Because he also used Toad the Wet Sprocket in I Know What You Did Last Summer, which he wrote. Really? So, Toad the Wet Sprocket, if you're listening, Kevin Williamson, you guys you guys all got to get together and, like, have a little sesh. Let's get them on this podcast just talking about how much they love each other. Yes. And I'd be like, what's the deal with your name, Toad? <laughs> anyway, so, yes, I thought it was a very uncharacteristically angsty song to play for this show. So that's why I shazammed it. And I was so, so overjoyed to see that it was Amnesia by Toad the Wet Sprocket. I also had no idea that this band, and let's, someone could play a drinking game for the amount of times I'm going to say the band's name. I had no idea that Toad the Wet Sprocket um, had so many hits. Like I'm ready to like play Toad the Wet Sprocket radio on Spotify. Trying to get somebody drunk right now. Trying to get someone drunk, Toad the Wet Sprocket. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I thought they just had the one. So good for them. Way to make that residual money, you know? Uh, back at Cape Side, where again, we see the opening shot, the establishing shot of the high school that says Cape Side High, but also says that their mascot is the Wildcats, which is not true. I want to point that out. Uh, Pacey sees Tamara and Benji again. I want to point out that I think you are the only one who cares about the mascot thing. Somewhere out there in our tens of thousands of listeners. Someone is like, well, they're actually the Minutemen. So I don't know what the sign is. And if they don't acknowledge that every single time we see this sign, I'm not listening to this episode and they'll never get a Blue Apron sponsorship. Oh, OK. Well, you know what? I don't want to lose any listeners over this. So please bring it up every single time. You got it. <laughs> I'm on Mascot Watch. You're on Toad the Wet Sprocket Watch. Yes. <laughs> Basie confronts Tamara and they have a very loud conversation about their illegal relationship. And then Pacey tells or Tamara tells Pacey that Mr. Gold is gay and that she's like, whisper it. First of all, OK, 
let's go, let's point out the fact that Pacey so inappropriately accuses Tamara of flirting with Mr. Gold and is like, Mr. Gold or me, this 15 year old who you should not even be looking at at this point. Mm -hmm. I'm like, dude, you got to have some chill. This is so inappropriate. Ew, 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 ew. This scene is unsurprisingly cringy. And then she outs Mr. Gold to a student. This is so problematic. Yeah, she has, she, she should not be teaching. I mean, she shouldn't be teaching because she shouldn't be allowed within 500 feet of a school, but she shouldn't be teaching because she's not wise. <laughs> no, she has absolutely no moral compass, boundaries, a brain like there's so much wrong with this character i can't there's so, i can't i like can't i just can't as established you don't like dawson oh i mean i wouldn't go that far I see don't. there it is because dawson has redeeming qualities though so you're not willing to out and out say i guess you are maybe a little bit but yeah <laughs> like sure. it, it's hard to just say straight up like i don't like this guy he's got redeeming qualities but tomorrow has Thus far, no redeeming qualities. No redeeming qualities. Straight down to her like bizarre accent that I noticed this episode. Yeah. Where is she from? I don't know. She's kind of acting like she's from maybe like a town in uh, England that ends in sure, but she moved to the United States at a young age and kind of lost her accent, but not really. Uh, back at the video store, Dawson's freaking out about Jen not being a virgin, and Pacey tells him it's actually a good thing because there's less pressure, and he also just assumes this means that Jen will want to have sex with Dawson. So, that's... Because Pacey is worldly now that he's had sex. I just want to say that I miss video stores so much. Every time they shoot a scene in the video store, I get so distracted yeah. by my own memories of going to Blockbuster on like a Friday night and wandering around with absolutely no agenda and just like ending up with like can't hardly wait or something. Oh, God, that movie's great. That movie is very oh, okay. good. One of the best 90s movies, 90s <sighs> high school movies. Stacked cast, great soundtrack, all of it. Gr great soundtrack. And you know what's funny? Toad the Wet Sprocket's not even on it, and it's still a great soundtrack. <laughs> That's very surprising. It's a 9 out of 10. The only thing that would make it even better. Toad the Wet Sprocket. Uh, in this scene, Pacey has two <laughs> buttons on his vest that look like boobs, and it just feels like a very Pacey thing to have done. God. He, he's like... So... He reminds me of a lot of like the boys that I went to high school with. Like, I think if he lived in San Diego, he would be skateboarding everywhere. But he also is so endearing, oh, yeah. like so sweet that you really just can't help but like his simple little self, you know? He has a good heart. Now, do you think he is endearing because he's involved as like a victim in this affair? No. So that kind of casts that light onto him? No, I don't think so. Because I feel bad for him. I do feel bad for him. I feel bad for him because he is... Like he's not doing well in school. I'm. I have put myself into a little bit of a corner because I'm. I think that I know too much about his character beyond what we know so far. No, oh, that's true. He's just Pacey, you know. Um, Pacey asks if Dawson has talked to his mom yet, and Dawson says no. He's actually going to talk to his dad and tell his dad about the affair before he talks to his mom. 
This is such a hard. Now, I think this is a harder scenario to figure out what to do with. Yeah. Than the um, Joey knowing. Like, if you know one of your parents is having an affair, what do you do about it? That's weird. I feel like I would go to the parent that's having the affair and say, I know. And you have to tell my other parent or I'm going to tell them. I know it's tricky. It's such a hard, that's so, so much to carry for a young kid. Mm-hmm. That's all I have to say. I mean, I do feel bad for Dawson in this scenario. <laughs> ding, ding. He gets one for me. One for the show. Whole series. Going to get this one. The whole series. I feel bad that his parents are not happy. But we don't know. Maybe Mr. Ma- maybe they have an open relationship. We don't know that. They're very available sexually. Anyway, we'll find out. We'll find out. Uh, Mr. Manmeat is getting ready for dinner and Dawson says he wants to talk to him before they go, which like Dawson, pick your moments, dude. If you want to talk to him, that's fine. But maybe. Yeah. Come on, man. Yeah, read the room. Um, but first, before Dawson can tell him, Mitch has to give a nice little soliloquy about his love for Gail. Dawson's like, oh, I guess maybe not. He's just a, this is like a good guy. He's at a terrible restaurant. His suit jacket's too big. He's a nice guy, you know? Uh, at the ice house, Jen asked Joey for advice about Dawson. Joey, not interested at all. Uh, and then Jen's like, well, I did tell him that I'm not a virgin. Joey's like, I got actually plenty of time. <laughs> Skrr, what did you say? <laughs> um, Jen says that she's angry because Dawson was disappointed in her. And Joey tells Jen that Dawson is basically a baby, which is true. Dawson's a baby. Yeah. Joey completely nails the description of Dawson in this scene. She knows him and she knows, like we all do now, even after four episodes, that he sucks. <laughs> Joey knows everything about Dawson and yet the heart wants what the stupid heart wants. Oh, God, I know. I just want to shake her. Um, Jen asks if Joey's trying to scare her off, which actually it kind of seems a little bit like this conversation is heading towards. And then Joey immediately is like, you know, the the good guys are dweebs when they're 15 also, which is she calls him a dweeb, which I forgot about the word dweeb until this episode. That's a good one. Oh, yeah, that is a good one. I think I'm let's try to reintroduce that into society. OK, happy to try it. Dweebs. We should just rename the podcast Dawson's Dweebs. We already got the Instagram, but we can get a second one. Okay, cool. Uh, Jen asked Joey what she would do. And we get a nice little moment for her, as well as a nice little moment of honesty for Joey. I like when the two of them are together. Me too. So Joey tells Jen that she'd probably do what Jen was doing, which is be hurt, mad, confused, go for the go to the wrong people for advice, and then wait for him to come around. Joey asks... Jen asks how long that would take, and Joey says that she would be dumb enough to wait forever. Just like this poor girl. Really? For Dawson Screek? Your name would be Joey Screek. That doesn't even flow. Yeah, Joey, please, please, please raise your standards. I beg of you. Just a little is all we're asking. Uh, and then back at Tamara's house. Pacey and Tamara are in bed. Pacey's reading a magazine about sharks. Okay. So now they're, they've moved very quickly into just like casually hanging out in bed. Like they're a couple who have been dating for many, many years. I would love to know what the writers were thinking when they thought of the concept of this scene. A 15 year old, he goes, what are you, 35? And she goes, something like that. This bitch is like pushing 40. (laughs) <laughs> and they're just chilling in bed, maybe post-coital, which is a word I love saying. Maybe not. 
I don't know. And they continue to have an unshocking news. The most cringy conversation about sex. Pacey asks Tamara how many guys she's been with. And she says, you know, let me like tell you about the ones that actually mattered. She says uh, there was one in high school, one in college and blah, blah, blah. And Pacey's kind of upset about it. And she's like, Pacey, I didn't say my high school. Gross. And also, Tamara, you are pushing 70. Could you just say what's on your fucking mind, please? Yeah. She is so the opposite of a mature adult. I, so this is episode four. I am now four for four on audibly yelling at the TV during a Tamara and Pacey scene when she was like, Pacey, (laughs) I didn't mean my high school. Wink, wink. I was like, ew, the two syllabled ew is what you get for this. Ew. That is so fucking weird to say and to right anyway she'll go to jail one day i don't know if that's true or not (laughs) i don't know if that's true or not i mean i know i know the future but that was not a that was not a spoiler that was just a comment about what should happen to her in her life then dawson we've got dawson hanging out at the illegal ruins again which i guess maybe aren't illegal anymore um (laughs) joey says joey asked dawson if he's hanging out with all his friends because dawson's alone joey dawson says yeah that's why you're not invited like these are these are 15 year olds. I, as I was watching it, wrote down that Dawson has some serious misplaced anger. And then Joey came in and was like, you got misplaced anger, dude. To, says it to him. Like, wow. Because she knows him best more than anyone. Uh, Joey's trying so hard to fix things with Dawson, but he's so mad. He doesn't even want to talk to Joey. Uh, he tells her that it's not about her not telling him about his mom. Just like in general, their friendship has shifted and like, which Joey's aware of because the pilot opens with Joey saying, I can't sleep in bed anymore. I have breasts. You have genitalia. Your fingers are longer now. So I have to go. And he's refused at every single turn. And there's body hair involved. Once the body hair came into play, she was out and he has refused to listen to her every single time. And now he's like, uh, I've just now noticed this. And so I'm never going to talk to you again. Like a baby. Yeah. I have to say, this is my least favorite storyline, obviously, of this show. Because I'm so over Joey pining for Dawson. Please get over him and move mm-hmm. on to someone way better. He treats you terribly as both a friend and someone who knows that you're in love with him. Jo- Dawson's not stupid. He knows that. Joey has feelings for him and this is how he treats her and it's just unfortunate I may have I may have reacted differently as a young person watching this but as a 30 something year old woman it's infuriating to watch a scene like this unfold so I kind of blacked out during this final scene (laughs) well let me let me sum it up for you so um Dawson says that in some sort of alternate universe, they must have been married for 50 years. And Joey, they have this like little back and forth where they talk about what their like other alternate universe um, wedding could have been like. And at the end, Joey says, did we save each other that night? Because like they each brought dates and um, they're trying to figure out who to who Dawson's going to go home with. And they have this like moment. It's a very it's one of these like classic Dawson and Joey almost moments. They are willing to bring themselves so far into 
the water and then immediately like one will back out and leave the other one in there and then the other one will back out and the other one will go. Mm. Um, so that, that's what they ha- do this entire conversation. Um, Joey Dawson says they brought dates. Joey says, well, who are you going to go home with your wife or your date? And um, Joey says that she was, she's off. She goes off to the bar during their fake wedding and has a drink with some rich guy. And Dawson's like, yeah, until, so like Joey's now Joey's trying to back out of this conversation. She feels like she's gone into it too far. And then Dawson goes back into it and says like, well, yeah, until like this rich guy started getting fresh and I had to go in and save you. And then, so now he's put himself back out. So then Joey's like, well, fuck it. If we're really going to talk, like let's have a fake if we're going to really fake talk, I guess, like, let's really fake talk. <laughs> then uh, Joey says, well, how about, you know, how about you? Like, did we save each other that night? So now they're both out as far as they want to get into this like fake conversation. And Dawson's like, oh, no. Oh, yeah. fuck. <laughs> uh, 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 I forget. <laughs> I just want to say for the record, I am completely following this brilliant metaphor that you've set up for this scenario. And I just really hope all the listeners have too, because it's good. And I, I think it's great. I think you're doing a great job. <laughs> thanks. Thanks. I, I, uh, I feel more confident about it now that you said you like it. <laughs> but they do this like, you know, they, they, they get brave and scared at different times. Um, but then it, Dawson finally is the last one who chickens out. And Joey, who was being as brave as she can be, decides that she's going to leave tonight. So she tells Dawson she's out. She's leaving. All the subtext made her tired, but uh, their friendship has at least like their weird friendship has been repaired uh, somewhat because as she leaves, she stops and watches Dawson kind of sit at the ruins by himself. And earlier in the scene, as they were talking about their friendship, um, Joey says Dawson says it's changed. And Joey says, you know, that's evolution and strong friendships can power through it. And the ones that aren't strong are museum bound. And then at the end, she is watching Dawson, you know, sit and be miserable by himself and um, says that their friendship is museum bound. And that's kind of the end of it. So you're left with this moment of like, thought things were okay, but I think that Joey, obviously everybody in the world knows better than Dawson, but I think that Joey definitely (laughs) is able to see the future a little bit more and knows that things are changing between them. Yeah, well, she's more mature and just like level headed than he is. He rejects reality. He warned us all. He did. I mean, can't say he didn't warn us. Final thoughts? I mean, quite the discovery indeed. This was a very heavy episode. I liked it. It was jam-packed with drama, jam-packed with a lot of moral dilemmas, jam-packed with cringy uh, Tamara and Pacey moments, and jam-packed with Toad the Wet Sprocket drink. But I wouldn't have it any other way. Excited to see what comes next. The next episode's called Hurricane. It could be a metaphorical hurricane. It could be a literal hurricane. They are in the South. So it's hurricane season. All right. Well, Zaz, do you want to tell people where to find you on the website, Instagram.com and also Twitter.com? Yes. On both platforms, you can find me at Ashley Zaz. I am now public on both. Whoa. Yeah. Really? Really? Taking steps forward. Get your like buttons ready get your like buttons ready at ashley z-a-z-z there's a lot of really boring content on there so have fun untrue i like all of it and i i 
like all of it. That's what I do. Quite literally. Yes. But I wouldn't have it any other way. Where can we find you on Instagram.com and Twitter.com and anywhere else.com? Uh, you can find me at Kim Moffat, M-O-F-F-A-T, on all the things. Instagram, Twitter, whatever else there is. OnlyFans. <laughs> and how about the shows, as At Dawson's Darlings. We got to post a picture of Toad the Wet Sprocket just for fun. <laughs> <laughs>